Well, hello and welcome back to the Sensory Reform Podcast. Uh, my name is Zach Wise. I'm here with my co-pastor, Brandon Burks. We are pastors at Westside Reform Church, a URC congregation in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, last week we were reflecting on the doctrine of the Lord's Day or Sabbath, and we were attempting to give some uh, biblical and uh, redemptive historical fancy term. It talks about how the uh, Sabbath kind of develops over the course of the biblical text. And trying to give some foundations there for why is it appropriate for us to think about the fourth commandment as Christians? Why is that not only applicable to Old Testament Israel, but why did that have um, uh, roots in creation itself? How does that relate to our humanity? How does that relate to heaven and our future in glory? It has different orientations to that practice of observing the Lord's Day or the Christian Sabbath. And we also mentioned last week, I think it's worth reiterating, that there are some intramural um, disagreements, uh, and even within the Reformed world. And um, so we want to acknowledge that. We're not trying to get into the weeds there. But we just want to be reflecting as, as big picture as we can on what, that, um, what, our, what our practice of observing uh, worship and rest uh, can and, uh, and should look like. We hope that's, that's going to be a, a continued help to you. This week we want to be reflecting uh, practically, whereas we laid some of the groundwork last week, we want to do so more practically this week to think about what does it look like now. If we've established that, so that uh, rest and uh, worship and these rhythms are uh, important for us, well, well, then what? And so, Brian, let me uh, kick it over to you to maybe begin um, helping us think about these rhythms uh, of our uh, weekly uh, life. Yeah. So, I mean, as we, as we think about, like, what is the purpose of these rhythms? What is the, the main thrust of the Sabbath? You know, as Adam was in the garden, as Israel was in the land of Canaan, as the New Testament pilgrims are scattered all over the world, uh, what does this weekly rhythm of rest, what is, the, what is the main thrust? What is it pointing to? What is it doing? And, you know, I think it's, you know, as you mentioned, I think in the last episode, that we are not, we were not creatures designed to kind of burn the candle at both ends and just work, work, work with no rest. We were built to have a, a rhythm. Uh, one theologian who brings it up pretty well is Meredith Klein. Klein said in one of his writings, by his Lord's appointment, man was to experience the passage of time not as an indefinite, undefined strings of morning and, and evenings, but as a succession of weeks. There's going to be this weekly rhythm. It's not going to be like you're walking around aimlessly and time is passing and it's not like really held together by anything, but no, there's a you know, embedded into creation, embedded into what our week is to be, embedded into our life even, is this Sabbath rhythm. And he goes on to say, from man Godward, the Sabbath was a sign of consecration. From God manward, it was a sign of consummation. Consummation is the word for that final glory, that, that new heavens, new earth, when Jesus comes back. And so that is this rhythm that's put into place within our weeks, within our lives. And the Sabbath is something that points beyond kind of what we are typically doing week in and week out. It's a day 
that points to something bigger. Uh, another theologian, Gerhardus Voss, speaks about the Sabbath, and he said the Sabbath has its main significance in pointing forward to the eternal issues of life and history. So it's pointing forward, and that's where uh, the main significance, he says, is in the Sabbath. And when Voss was reflecting on the modern church in the modern day, he wonders if we maybe um, we crowd too much into the day, he said, where we have lost sight, maybe, that the Sabbath, the day of rest, the day of, of going to church and these things, it's pointing to eternity. And sometimes we can kind of maybe busy ourselves, even, even as we are entering that you know, Lord's Day, we almost busy ourselves so much that it just becomes you know, tunnel visioned and we're not, we're not aware of, wait a second, this is typifying, pointing to a greater reality in eternity that I need to contemplate and rest in and, and uh, be aware of. So, you know, with all of that said, and especially with everything that we said last uh, podcast episode as well, I think that we could say that the Sabbath is an ordinary rhythm that joyfully anticipates the eschatological and consummative Sabbath yet to be enjoined by the people of God. And so, to kind of break that down, I think the Sabbath is... Uh, is again a rhythm we, we, we talked about that and it's a joyful it's a joyful rhythm that anticipates it looks forward to is longing for something and what is longing for is final sabbath it when jesus comes back in the new heavens new earth entering finally entering god's rest the god the rest that god held out to adam typified in israel um, uh, uh, accomplished in Christ, we enter that when Jesus returns. And so the Sabbath rhythm here on earth as pilgrims awaiting Christ's final return is this joyful rhythm that's anticipating that. And that's what the whole day is about. So the day of rest for the Christian is, which is Sunday, the Lord's Day, is a day that is just a joyful anticipation. We're longing, we're thinking about it, we're ready for it, we um, w want to get a glimpse of it, and we are, yeah, again, excited about it. John Meether, um, he said, The pilgrim Sabbath becomes a symbol of heavenly citizenship, a sign that our true, uh, a sign of our true and only hope. It is a subversive tool to renounce the worldly idols of work leisure and consumption it provides a weekly embodiment of the church's pilgrim identity so there's kind of there's a difference on the the lord's day uh, is what i think he's getting at here it's a symbol of our heavenly citizenship where we put aside some of our earthly work and we have a day that's just different you know as as uh, as God is talking about um, the the fourth commandment, and that it's going to be sanctified, it's going to be it's, it's a different day. Um, and as you mentioned, how 
John speaks about the Lord's Day in Revelation 1.10, and the only other kind of uh, construction in the Bible like that is in 1 Corinthians 11 of the Lord's Table or Lord's Supper. You know, there's many suppers, but there's one Lord's Supper. There's many days, but there's one Lord's Day, and that day is a, is a day designed by God to be a pointer to final consummation when Jesus comes back and it's a way in which we can anticipate and think about that. But So that's kind of a big picture. That's the main thrust, the main purpose, you could say, of the Sabbath day. But the Bible speaks about some things that we ought to be doing, right, on the Sabbath day, on, on the Lord's day. There are some things that we should um, have our minds on and, uh, and be engaged in. And so <clears throat> what are some of those things, Zach? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to our minds and is probably the most obvious to people familiar with the Reformed and Presbyterian tradition already is the importance of worship. Yeah. I think that when we think about the day as being holy unto the Lord, you that puts worship at the front and center of it, and you really can't get around it. Some people with whom I've been acquainted have spoken of Sunday, the Lord's Day, as a day that you just want to be lazy and just do your own thing and had nothing to do with church has nothing to do with you know the word and the sacraments it just means just stop doing your normal stuff and that's not true and this is a day that is to the lord and if we're thinking about a connection point between heaven and earth well then where is that connection point going to be found more than gathering with the people of god on mount zion to hear the word preached, the sacraments administered. And so as Isaiah 66 says that uh, about the Sabbath, that all flesh shall come to worship before me. And so we want to be thinking about worship as something that is central to the, uh, to the Lord's day. But we don't want to just say it's only about worship. I, I think that there can be some who have gone too far in this way to say that if you're not doing public worship or private worship, on Sunday, then you're basically in sin. I think that's not so helpful. And I just don't think that the biblical text really goes in that direction because we also read in uh, Exodus uh, 23, I believe it is, that the Lord, the description of the Lord, because the description of the Lord is instructive for us, that on that seventh day, the Lord rested and he was refreshed. There, there's an element there of joy that's uh, occurring there. And I think that that element of, of joy and happiness is conveyed also by the idea of a feast day, because that is what the Sabbath was under the Old Covenant. And the other uh, days as well were feast days, and they were worship days, but much joy and merriment was made on those days of celebration with one another, a smile on your face. And so I think that that is also a very important part of the Lord's Day. Is It's a day for rejoicing. It's a day for celebrating. And my kids were recently listening to the audiobooks of the Little House uh, series. And I just so was like laughing to hear about how uh, Laura and Mary had to endure, and endure is probably the best term for it, Sundays where they basically had to sit on a chair all day and they couldn't do anything and they couldn't fidget at all. And it was just pure misery for them. And I think that's the exact opposite of what we want to uh, think about 
Uh, we want to think about worship. We want to think about rejoicing and celebrating uh, the good gifts of God, of course. It should have a, a heavenward uh, direction to it. But that, I think that's a very uh, key part. And of course, when we think about the Lord Jesus and his um, uh, ministry on earth, he showed very clearly that the Sabbath was a day to show mercy and to show good works. Of course, we do that every day. But then what day could be more appropriate for doing good to other people than the Lord's day? And so I think that those three things really help guide us of worship, uh, celebration, uh, refreshments in that. And then uh, third, uh, doing good uh, to, to other people. So those are three things I think, and maybe some other things could be added, but I hope that kind of starts getting at um, how we might uh, helpfully uh, think about uh, Sundays. So, um, Brandon, do you want to maybe talk to us a little bit about our confessional uh, approach to this? And uh, we have not so much as the Presbyterians do on uh, the Sabbath, but we do have something on it. And I think it's pretty doggone good because <laughs> it does connect us very clearly with the eternal Sabbath. I think that's a very key thing uh, when we think about uh, the Lord's Day. But you want to tell us about Heidelberg 103? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, we don't have the full kind of, yeah, um, do this, don't do this kind of structure that you find within the Presbyterian um, uh, Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, where, you know, in the Westminster Confession of Faith, it'll get into, like, don't think about um, recreation or, you know, working or, you know, th these kinds of things. In the Heidelberg 103, it speaks very positively. Like, it, it, it really commends what ought to be done on the Lord's Day. And here's what Heidelberg 103 says. So the question is, what is God's will for you in the fourth commandment? And here's the answer. First, that the gospel ministry and schools for it be maintained, and that, especially on the festive day of rest, I diligently attend the assembly of God's people to learn what God's word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to the Lord publicly, and to bring Christian offering for the poor. Second, that every day of my life I rest from my evil ways, I let the Lord work in me through His Spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Um, and again, the the Presbyterians have more than that. You know, they 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 certainly would agree with that, I'm sure, and say, well, yes, you know, that's what you ought to be doing. But they do kind of uh, speak more about what maybe what not to do. Um, and one thing that they pick up on from Isaiah 58:13. In Isaiah 58:13, God is rebuking Israel, and there's a line in in the rebuke where God says that they should not go, um, they should not do their own pleasure, do their own pleasure. And so there's a debate about, well, what is what is God talking about here? What 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 was their own pleasure that maybe they were doing that God was rebuking them for? Many of the Puritans that we see uh, that was concretized in the when the Westminster. Uh, kind of took that phrase in a more blanketed, general approach and uh, said we should not do our own recreation. And that's why uh, what R.C. Sproul was getting at, where in the Puritan tradition, you didn't have the, the picnics and the badminton and maybe the family games, uh, but it was all subsumed under worship. 
And they would take from that verse, do not do your own pleasure, meaning do not do your own recreation. But there's also some debate because contextually within the chapter, he's speaking about Israel's bad uh, commerce practice, uh, practices of taking advantage of people and so on. And so, you know, the, 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 the debate is when he says do not go do your own pleasure, is he kind of bringing up a new element about Sabbath keeping in Isaiah? Or is he rebuking a practice that Israel was doing that was inappropriate to be done? And so there's, there's just a, some, some debate about that, and that's probably why there's that debate within the Reformed community of what's appropriate um, to do on the Sabbath day. So, Zach, maybe we could just end by speaking more autobiographically about you know, some ways in which we've experienced the, the, the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. the rest, weekly rhythm of, of rest, to just be uh, a blessing. Yeah, sounds good. I think that um, we certainly want to uh, train, if we're parents, to train our children, but also for all of us to train ourselves, because we want to recognize that you know, as we think and as we um, the, we can guide our emotions and our affections, we want to channel those in the, in the healthy directions. And so I think that really being um, diligent, I believe, about uh, preparing ourselves for worship and preparing ourselves to, re- to enjoy uh, worship and preparing ourselves to um, love the things of God and our church family and the opportunities that we have on Sundays. And I think that one of the things, uh, one of the ways of doing that is especially to, to make time for it. And if we begin to schedule uh, our lives where you know we have to bust out of church immediately after the benediction we're right arriving there boom smack right before the call to worship or maybe after the call to worship we're not really preparing ourselves to linger and to celebrate and to rejoice uh, but those things kind of become just one part of our busy schedule so i think time is a, is a very important thing and to to understand that when we talk about you know preaching and the sacraments and we think about worship as a holy and reverent thing, I think that that element of joy is so important, so easily forgotten. Now, those are also joyful things. And perhaps we pastors can do a better job of helping our congregations to rejoice in worship and to have a smile on our faces at appropriate points. Uh, but I think also we can shepherd our hearts in that way uh, also to, um, to, to seek after that uh, joy of the Lord's uh, salvation. So those are going to be a couple of my initial thoughts. Where are some of yours? Yeah, you know, I, and in in our house, you know, worship I think is just yeah, when when I tell the kids it's it's you know tomorrow's the Lord's day. They that they know we're going to church. They know we're going to hang out with church family. They get excited about their friends at church. Uh, we have a catechism class, in, and and they they're usually talking about catechism class and. Uh, they're you know wondering um, you know what uh, their friends are doing and, and these things and then uh, also just the the um, all the various elements of worship just encouraging them to listen during the sermon to participate in the prayers to be mindful of what's happening within the service call to worship benediction you know all, all of these elements trying to get them engaged into the worship as well but yeah I, th- I think worship is is a big uh, category for our day. 
And you know, even when we're on vacation, we always find a, a good church to go to on Sunday. And so maybe the kids like you know, checking out other churches as we're as we're traveling. And so I mean, I think that probably the key thing that comes into mind is is we're going to corporate worship to have the ministry of word and sacrament, um, and that is key. Uh, but also, I mean, I like how you brought up with Exodus uh, twenty three um, verse twelve, where he t- speaks about being refreshed. And there is a refreshing thing on the Lord's Day, and and we do try to do like you know games as a family, or um, when when the weather's nice, we have gone to the park and we've you know done those things. And so uh, yeah, there's just a, a having fun together. Uh, there's been you know just just resting. You can you know Sundays are also good days. Sometimes it's just to take a nap if you're tired, and, especially with preacher man. Yeah. You preach and then go home and take a nap. So, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, all of that, being refreshed is, I think, a good category to have on Sunday. And uh, and it's, it's joyful as well. And then also acts of mercy, you know, seeing if there's ways in which uh, you, your neighbor needs help, or I don't know if, if you see a need in the congregation that maybe perhaps you could help out. You know, I know one guy that his uh, wife would bake I think cookies every Sunday, and they drop them off at the retirement center or n- nursing home or something. And so there's just different ways in which your community might, um, you know, could could use an act of mercy maybe. So those are a couple of things we've tried to be mindful of in the Lord's Day, and also just not because you know, as you mentioned in that in that book, there have been some who. You speak about the Lord's Day like it's just a terror because it's not fun. You can't do anything. You sit there and you can't fidget. And um, and and perhaps in, in some contexts, maybe there were people who maybe had a very rigid kind of view of, of, of the Lord's Day or Sabbath keeping. And it, and it became something where it kind of robbed the refreshingness, the joyfulness out of, out of it. Because, you know, the Bible says we should... Um, speak about the Sabbath as a, as a delight. We should call the Sabbath a delight, uh, not as this burden, this 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 period of boredom where all my funds taking you know taken away. But our fun should be in in the worship of God, but also being being refreshed as a good gift from God on the Sabbath day, being filled by God uh, with the ordinary means of grace at church going home and having family time, having refreshing time, um, and just ma- many spiritual blessings, I think, are involved with, uh, with, with, with the, the Lord's Day. Um, obviously having pleasure in God and just enjoying Him um, as, you're, as you're worshiping Him both corporately and, and at home, enjoying you know, all the benefits of salvation through the ordinary means of grace, uh, uh, victory over spiritual enemies as... As we are hearing the word of God preached, we're taking the sacraments, we're fellowshipping with others, we're um, enjoying our families, we're spending time in prayer. You know, all of these things are things that are just so important uh, over the course of the Christian life. Yeah. Anything else to add? Yeah, and I think that uh, we do well to think about um, food and drink on Sundays mm-hmm. as well. Let's say that, you know, one family decides that every Sunday they're just going to eat ramen noodles or something like that. And they just, you know, or just uh, beans and rice or something. Actually, I like beans and rice. But, uh, the, um, but you know, you, you kind of, that's going to take away a lot of like the celebratory aspect mm-hmm. of it. And so I think that, you know, thinking carefully about our, the food we have. 
maybe we splurge a little bit more on, on a Sunday. Because again, it's a, if it's a feast day, a festive day of rest, then let's think about the food we eat. I think if we think about the, um, maybe we have an extra portion, we allow ourselves an extra portion on Sundays. Uh, typically, my wife and I will allow our kids to have a little bit more dessert than they would ever be allowed to have Monday through Saturday. Uh, we saw this in when we lived um, somewhere else where some of our um, friends at church would talk about Sabbath sweets. And so the kids were allowed to dig in the candy bag on Sundays. They just loved that. They looked forward to it. They so excited about it. <laughs> and so it's just those kind of little ways to, to bring about that element that this is a, this is a, a, a day of rejoicing Similar to how we might treat Christmas or Thanksgiving, I'm not talking about like you know encouraging gluttony or anything like that, of course. But you know, have that extra portion, have that extra piece of cake, uh, spend a little bit more time sitting around the table. Don't be so fast to clean up dishes. Um, linger a little bit longer. Do that with friends from family from church as well. Uh, you know, plan to have people in your homes. Don't be you know rushing to do a load of laundry or something like that. But to, to treat it like more like you might do on, on a, a holiday, like like I said, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas, and to, to think about Sundays maybe a little more within that within that vein um, could be could be helpful as well. Yeah. But yeah, so cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we um, certainly appreciate uh, your your time and your support in this, and um, we hope that this has been helpful to to, to prompt you to think more um, uh, concertedly about. The Lord's Day and how we might um, live it to uh, its best as well as we can. And so we um, encourage you again to listen to last week's episode if you missed it. Uh, hope this one that's a little more practical has been helpful for you. Check out our church if you're in the Cincinnati area, Westside Reformed Church. We're a URC congregation in Cincinnati's Westside. And we look forward to hopefully you joining us next week at uh, on the Cincinnati Reformed Podcast. So thanks again. Bye-bye.